Choose Linux, episode 7, for April 18th, 2019. Hello, and welcome to the show that captures the excitement of discovering Linux. I'm Joe. And I'm Jason. And here we are for episode 7. And it's going to be a really exciting one for me. <laughs> We're going to have a hardware review coming up. But first, I finally got you to try XFC. And you finally get to talk about one of your favorite topics, don't you? You bastard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been going on about this since we first spoke, probably, how I love XFCE and how I always return to it. And so I suggested that you try out Manjaro XFCE because I feel that's one of the better implementations of it. Yeah, and to be completely honest, I thought, okay, I'm just going to do this to placate Joe. I'll be in and out of there in a couple hours, and I'll move on with my life. <laughs> Not the case. <laughs> and I feel like I, I came into this with some very preconceived notions, just as I did with you know using the command line, right? I feared it going into Linux, and now I've kind of embraced it. And every time I've seen XFCE, it just looks kind of bland and, and boring and a little bit like from the you know early, mid-2000s. And a lot of that is, I think, the way that the XFCE development team promotes it. I mean, you go to their website, and it just it doesn't really capture your attention. It doesn't get you excited. So I installed it and out of the box it wasn't it wasn't bad. You know, it 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 was didn't have a lot of those grays and uh you know the notifications were really slick and it seemed passable but not exciting. And I thought, okay, if I'm really going to do this, if I'm really going to give this a a fair shake, let's just dig in and like see what it's capable of. And what I started noticing is there are so many ways to customize XFCE. And I didn't really even think about those options being there because I'm coming over from GNOME, which I've become very familiar with on, on Pop! OS and Ubuntu and elsewhere. And I never really felt the need to get in there and tweak things and make it look exactly how I wanted it to look in my head because it already looked good. Right. And for me, my computing Nirvana was sort of Windows XP, which people don't like. But I just always liked the way that was laid out. It was just quite sensible to me. Obviously, I don't like Windows, but in terms of UI, it's perfectly fine. And so that's what I do with XFCE. I make it look pretty much like Windows XP or maybe Windows 7. But the beauty of XFCE is that you can make it into whatever you want. It's completely modular and completely customizable. Not in the same way as the Plasma desktop, though, somehow. Maybe it's just a lack of experience with that, but that feels overly complicated and complex when it comes to customization. Whereas with XFCE, it seems very straightforward. For example, um, I saw you tweeting about not liking the menu, the whisker menu set up, so you were able to flip around the columns on that, and presumably that was fairly easy. It was. It was literally right-clicking the, the, the section of the panel where the whisker menu is, going into preferences, and just flipping the categories and the, and the app names. And that alone made it look so much better. Yeah, now I would argue that it makes it look worse, but that's well, <laughs> the whole point. It's all about what you want it to be, right? Right, that is the beauty of it, I guess. And and going back to what you were saying earlier, 
XFCE feels like a very unassuming desktop environment. It's 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 like these guys are not forcing a particular aesthetic or workflow on anyone. And I the more I used it, the more that really felt refreshing to me because I started tapping into the the deep level of customization that was available. And once I started to wrap my head around it, I thought, I bet I can make this look exactly the way I want to make it look. And that started with removing the panels because I do not, I missed my dock so much. <laughs> um, does stock XFCE come with a dock? No, but you can have a transparent panel and you can make that big and you can make it auto hide and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Okay. So, so that's what I did is, is I just moved the bottom panel up to the top, made it auto hide. And then I just started looking for a few different docks to play with and some new wallpaper and some new themes. And I was, I was really impressed by the number of themes that were included by default. I mean, I think uh, when you're talking about desktop themes, the Manjaro edition anyway has I don't know, nine or 10 and then a bunch of different window managers, you know, different uh, window decorations and just all kinds of stuff everywhere. And it's all self-contained within that Manjaro settings manager, but I wasn't really happy with anything in there. So <laughs> I went out and got a theme called Pro Dark XFCE Edition version two, because, and I know a lot of people may kind of scoff at this, but I wanted sort of a Mac OS appearance without being just like blatantly in your face. Cause you know, you see all these themes that just completely rip off all of the Apple icons. And it's like, no, I'm not on Apple. I want Linux. Um, but that had this nice blend between kind of dark theming and really readable white space. And it, it did some beautiful things to the menu, beautiful things to um, Thunar, which is the, the file manager, and pretty much every component of XFCE. I just kept going and I couldn't, I couldn't stop. I was like, okay, I've got to find this, this, you know, some kind of blue and gray wallpaper to complement this. And then I never had realized this before that with terminal, um, I think in XFCE, it's the, it's just the XFCE terminal emulator, right? Yeah. There's themes in there, but I didn't, I never knew until to, until today that you could go in there and completely customize the colors and create color palettes of your own. I had no idea. And so now I had, you know, I had terminal and all of the uh, various windows and, and software matching my wallpaper. And so the next goal was finding the perfect dock. And that was a bit trial and error. Yeah, I saw you tweeting about um, trying a few different docks. Um, which ones did you try? Then you tried Cairo and Plank, presumably? Yeah, my, my go-to was Plank because I'd used that on elementary and I loved it. It's it's simple, it's easy, it's, you know, just boom. It just It's there and it works. So that was my first choice. But I had some issues with it and I um, I didn't really have time to troubleshoot. But what was happening was that every time I would drag an icon back and forth to kind of rearrange the order in the dock, it would just crash. The dock would crash completely. Hmm. So I w that was disappointing, but I didn't want to invest, you know, half a day into troubleshooting that. So I moved on to Caro dock. This dock is so overwhelming when it comes to options and animations and themes and tweaks. 
But every single one of them seems to look like it's sort of Windows Vista on steroids, like (laughs) designed by a teenager back in the early 2000s, you know? Just like dancing, bouncing animations and wacky sounds and, um, you know, highly reflective glass and things like that. And it's like, no, this I need I need subtle, elegant. This is not doing it. So my third stop was Dockbar X. I've never heard of that one before. Is it fairly straightforward and simple then? Yeah, it's kind of, in terms of simplicity, it probably sits between Plank and, and Cairo. I've always said Cairo, by the way, as in the capital of Egypt. Cairo? Is it Cairo? It's probably Cairo. English, yeah, people who speak English <laughs> are dumb. It, it probably is. You're, you're right. Um, but then again, I say gnome and you say gnome. So. Well, it is gnome. That's why I say it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it sits between those two in terms of complexity. It's maybe four or five different theme options, not a ton of eye candy. And you can get in there just like with uh, Terminal and set up a a secondary and primary background color. So in the end, I had this beautiful, clean, almost completely empty desktop with a small dock on the left with colors that matched my wallpaper And the best thing about it all, and I can't believe I'm saying this, I think it looks better than the stock uh, GNOME implementation on, you know, Ubuntu or or Pop! OS's version of it. And it's faster. It's way, way faster. Yeah, that's the thing. You can customize it to be however you want it, but it's always going to be faster than GNOME. I mean, GNOME has come a long way, and with this new 1904 release that's uh, coming out today as you listen to this, uh, it is much faster. There have been a lot of improvements. However, it is still lagging behind XFCE in terms of performance. There's no doubt. If you, you only have to put it on old hardware to realize the difference. But then once you put it on modern hardware, suddenly it just absolutely screams, doesn't it? It does. Um, and... I kind of put that to the test because I I threw XFCE on the same machine that I did the Fedora challenge on, which is an XPS 13 9365. So that's kind of one step under the 9370. It's a a two-in-one laptop um, with an i7 and 16 gigs of RAM, but it's not a very beefy i7, of course, being in a laptop, but it's still, I think it's a KB Lake, but it's just not quite as powerful as something like the the ninety three seventy is. Is that the four K one though? No, this is a this is a ten eighty p one. Oh, okay, I was going to say yeah, yeah. Don't don't try XFC on four K. <laughs> uh, I did, and and we can yeah. That was not um, that was that was disappointing. Yeah, and I might have to I might have to search around for ways to make XFCE properly scale because. Kind of want to put it on my XPS thirteen, my my new ninety three seventy, but that's got a four K screen, so that might yeah. be that might be an, that might be a hurdle. But uh, yeah, and so this was on the same machine that I did the Fedora challenge on, and Fedora twenty nine ships with vanilla GNOME. I love that distro, but I couldn't escape the feeling that it just it felt a little bit sluggish, like just sluggish enough to kind of distract you just a bit. And so throwing XFCE on the same laptop and doing the same things and making it in my, to my eyes anyway, look even better and having it just, as you said, just scream. 
I mean, super responsive in everything. You know, apps load instantly. You can viciously drag around windows and they're just, they're just instantly responsive. And so for me, putting in that effort to customize XFCE wouldn't be worth it unless you really felt that performance difference. And I really felt that performance difference. And I feel like, and this is completely anecdotal, but I feel like it was also giving me slightly better battery life. The difference just in, in your RAM usage is insane. I mean, I had, I was running a, a browser benchmark and streaming YouTube. I had Steam open, Telegram open, a few other apps open, and it was using less than three gigabytes of RAM. And that sounds like a lot until you fire up GNOME and just open up Firefox and you're using like 3.6 gigs of RAM. Yeah, exactly. Now, the thing is that if you're going to run a ton of Electron apps or VMs or do some video editing or whatever, that's where those RAM savings really start to shine. And if just your base desktop environment is using a ton of RAM already, okay, maybe you've got 16 or 32 gigabytes, but it, it gets to a point eventually where you run out no matter what you're doing and so that's why i well one of the many many reasons why i default to xfc because it is so lightweight i mean you can go lighter weight the likes of lxde which is pretty much dead in terms of development but xfc to me is kind of like the the baseline for usability while also being really light it is a perfectly functional desktop environment it completely stays out of your way lets you just get on with what you want to get on with but also does it in a really light and efficient way yeah and until now i had sort of mistaken light and efficient for ugly it's ugly but hey it's going to breathe life back into your old hardware but it breathed new life into my fairly newer hardware and what i'm stuck with now and again i'll have to say you bastard (laughs) I was perfectly happy with GNOME. I was perfectly happy with Pop! OS 18.10. And now I'm, I'm honestly considering a switch to Manjaro XFCE because of this experience. I saw someone on Twitter say that Manjaro is the only XFCE implementation that somehow gets around the screen tearing issues. Now, I've been living with screen tearing for a long time, and I'm just used to it. And... It does annoy me sometimes, but then other times I just think, oh, whatever, it's just some dumb YouTube video, I don't really care. Presumably you didn't see any of that screen tearing then. Yeah, it has something to do with the window compositor. And if that's on, uh, supposedly the screen tearing is a non-issue. I didn't notice, and I believe when I went into those options, it was already checked. So maybe that's a, a default option that they they turn on. Uh, that that's not in like stock XFCE, but regardless, on my laptop, on my Dell XPS thirteen, I I didn't notice any screen tearing at all. It was it was pretty smooth. All right, because I've got compositing enabled by default on Zubuntu, and I have this screen tearing issue, so it's something I'm going to have to look into. I've always liked Manjaro. I don't know if I'm ready to make the change just over one issue, but um, I'm going to have to investigate it. I've only just learned that uh, Manjaro supposedly doesn't have the issue, so yeah, I might have to get back to you on that one. So all in all, then, the big question is, are you going to actually switch to it? It sounds like not quite. (laughs) That is such a hard decision to make right now. I've just, I I feel like I just found my quote unquote forever distro. But then after, after running Manjaro for the, the gaming report and then seeing the XFCE implementation, I, 
maybe I'll run both simultaneously and just kind of see which one wins out. Because right now, I'm feeling really drawn to XFCE, and maybe that's because I put in the work and I put in the effort and got my hands dirty and made it exactly what I was picturing in my head. But it's also really, really fast. And it looks just as good, and I can do the same things. So why wouldn't I choose something that is lighter weight? Exactly. Welcome to my world, sir, is what I can say. <laughs> I know this is a, a very difficult argument for you to make to people, and I now I understand why. Yeah. Because you have to give it a chance. You really have to give it a chance, and you have to kind of shake off the cobwebs and go and dig beneath the surface of what's there. Or you have to not really care about aesthetics much, and I just use Greybird, the um, default theme on uh, on Subuntu. I guess more power to you. you. You have more time in your life as a result, right? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, well, I'll tease the, the hardware thing. Let's talk about the Entraware Ares. So this is an all-in-one, sort of like iMac style, I suppose you would say. Well, yeah, very much, very much iMac style. It is an all-in-one 24-inch 1080p Linux PC that uh, is sold by Introware at a pretty affordable price, I have to say. Um, quick spec rundown on it. My review unit has a Intel Core i3-8100, 8 gigs of RAM, a 120-gigabyte SSD, and Ubuntu 18.04. And that is the extent of it. You also have a DisplayPort and HDMI out in case you want to hook up additional monitors, which I did try, and it worked very well up to 1440p. Uh, once I tried to tell it, hey, I want a secondary display on my you know, extremely ridiculous super ultra-wide monitor, which is like 3840 by 1080, it, uh, it just stretched, and I couldn't seem to resolve how to make it look the way it should. But... Um, it's a neat little PC. It's actually the first all-in-one I've ever used. And so it was simply a matter of plugging it into the wall, getting my Logitech, my wireless Logitech keyboard and mouse synced up via Bluetooth and and started, you know, plugging away after that. It has an IPS screen, which is really sharp. Uh, it's 1080p and it's very, very quiet, even under load. I mean, granted, it's it's only a Core i3, right? So it's not doing a lot of heavy lifting, and it doesn't have a dedicated GPU, but it's pretty capable for what's inside of there. And I, of course, the first thing that I did is I installed Lutris, and I installed Magic the Gathering Arena. And so anytime <laughs> I'm bored, you know, I'm sitting at my, my normal workstation, and I'm thinking I'll just fire up Magic Arena on this uh, Ares and, and play a few rounds. But I also dabbled with a little bit of music creation on it, um, which I'm hoping to get a little bit deeper into uh, as the weeks go by. But for all of the problems I had running Ubuntu Studio on my Threadripper 1950X system with 32 gigs of RAM and, you know, just this beast of a machine, uh, this one handled it really, really well. Didn't get a lot of pops or latency, and uh, although I'm still trying to figure out Jack because Jack is a bit of a headache. Yeah. But when I did have it working, and this is no fault of the hardware, it was something I want to emphasize, no fault of the hardware, no fault of Ubuntu itself. Um, but when I did have Jack working, it was just flawless. Oh, excellent. 
What I do want to point out is I normally use laptops. Those are my daily drivers. And when you're used to using laptops all the time, you get into your head that you have this powerful CPU. I've got a, you know, I've got an eighth generation Intel Core i7. That's a beast. It's, you know, all powerful. And then you get a desktop Intel i3 and you think, ah, oh, this is going to be, this is going to be weak sauce. So I leaned again on the Pharonix test suite and I ran a bunch of system benchmarks that tested stuff like compression and FLAC encoding and things like that across the IntraWare Ares, the XPS 139370, uh, Asus Republic of Gamers laptop, and the uh, Librem 15, which we talked about um, in a previous episode, as well as the XPS 139365 that I was running XFCE on. Now, there's only one system in that list that costs well under $1,000. Guess which one it is? Well, the Entroa. Exactly. Yeah, it's um, starting price is 699 pounds. And so that's probably what, Joe, around $825, US dollars? Something like that, yeah. And you get a lot of machine for that money, don't you? Yeah, you, you really do. For example, if you want to bump this thing up to an Intel Core i7-8700, which is six cores, by the way, and then double your memory to 16 gigabytes and jump up to a one terabyte SSD, it's still under 1,200 pounds. Yeah, which is not bad for just the computer itself, never mind the screen that you get with it. Exactly. And that's what that's what I had to think about. I'm like, you get a pretty decent screen with this thing, too. And that's... That makes it a pretty compelling value. But then when you look at the benchmarks, everything from disk to CPU performance, it really shines a very positive light on the Aries. Now, I did compare it to an iMac, but there's one crucial difference. Opening this thing up and changing the RAM and storage and everything is just a little bit easier than an iMac. Well, I've never owned an iMac, so I, I can't verify that. But opening this thing up is really simple. It's four screws along the back. And by the way, it's not a very thick machine either. It's surprisingly slender, considering all that hardware is, is right up against the back of the display. But yeah, you can upgrade your RAM. You can upgrade your SSD. You can add um, NVMe SSDs or traditional storage drives. And it's it's simple. It's all right there. It's accessible with normal people tools, you know, no, no specialized um, tools required. So very upgrade friendly, very affordable and stable. I've had this thing on for like a month and a half just for random things. And it's been a really great experience so far. And so how was the Ubuntu experience? Was that just completely stock or had they customized it? To my eyes, it looks completely stock. And that's a little bit different than how Tuxedo Computers does things, right? They load up Ubuntu Budgie and they have some of their logos um, on the application menu and things like that. I mean, the only thing that I noticed was customized is the, the default wallpaper is an IntroWare wallpaper. Fine, that's that's not a big deal. But it felt it felt and looks like stock Ubuntu, and it's been also just super stable. Kind of gave me a new appreciation for um, LTS releases. Oh, yeah. I mean, I always stick on the LTS. 
uh, I, I try out the interims on test hardware and stuff, but for my actual workstations, anything that's in production, just LTS, especially now with snaps and stuff, if you really need some software that's uh, you know a little bit out of date or whatever, you need that new version, then there are ways to do it on an LTS, but not have to change anything for several years. I usually wait until the next LTS comes out and then maybe the first point release after a few months. So generally I'd wait until the summer after the LTS comes out um, to, to upgrade to it. And one other thing I should have mentioned earlier is their default warranty is three years. You don't have to pay extra. That's that's what's included right out of the gate is a three-year warranty. That's very nice. Yeah, so I, I mean, I would recommend this if someone was maybe looking to start their Linux journey with some fresh hardware or just needs a, a good, capable, stable day-to-day computer for web browsing, for YouTube, for streaming, for some light gaming, I would enthusiastically recommend it at this point. The only downside here is they don't ship to the US. In fact, they only ship to a few European countries, so you're kind of a bit out of luck. Uh, there are other companies who sell similar things like System76 in, in the US, but... Uh, yeah, it's kind of a European deal at the moment. Now, I think it is worth a bit of full disclosure here. Um, Entryware have been sponsoring my independent show, Late Night Linux, for quite some time, and I do know the guys pretty well at this point. But I do always try and be as objective as possible with it. And you know, I haven't had a hands-on with this, so I've only kind of read some reviews and and obviously now spoken to you about it. But obviously, I'm going to be enthusiastic about the company who's who's been really good to me and the sponsored events in the UK, like OGCamp and stuff. So, yeah, maybe I'm slightly biased. And I've actually got a couple of Entryware laptops and pretty pleased with those. I just have to say, I appreciate when a company that probably doesn't do the high volume that your HPs and Lenovo's and Dell's do have fair pricing. That speaks volumes to me, and I really, really appreciate that. Especially when it's got when it's a terrific product to match. Yeah, and unlike some other companies, they don't have ridiculous markups on the, the customizations. You know, the additional RAM and storage and stuff. They they're not quite Amazon prices, but you know they're also not taking Amazon prices and doubling or tripling them, like I have seen with some manufacturers. Indeed, um, but yeah, I, I plan to have a full review out at some point. For now, I'm just going to keep playing with it and. The most challenging thing about writing the review of the IntraWare Ares is I can't really find a lot of criticism to put on the table. So you're saying that this ties back to our XFCE discussion, that uh, <laughs> you can't really find any way to criticize oh, it. Oh, God. Well, I can criticize their marketing, maybe. I can criticize XFCE's marketing. I think they should sexy it up a little bit, um, because it's certainly capable of that. But then again... Maybe you just have to appreciate that they're not shoving their vision of things in your face. And and it's like a blank slate for you to do whatever you want with. Well, XFCE, like many open source projects, is open to contributions. And why not get involved? Why not suggest this to them? Give them some screenshots and, you know, say, look, this is what you can do with it. That's actually a good idea. I mean, I wonder if people out there consider doing that and then and then think to themselves, oh, I'm sure that they're inundated with people suggesting features or offering to help and, you know, what difference can I make? But uh, you know what? I think I will. I think I will. Yeah, if you volunteer to be the marketing man for them, I'm sure they're not going to turn you down. Wow. What a, what a crazy week. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. What a crazy week. 
Well, I suppose we'd better wrap it up there. If you want to get all the future episodes, go to choose-linux.show slash subscribe, and there's various ways there. And if you want to get in contact, choose-linux.show slash contact. And if you want to talk to us on Twitter, you can find me at KillYourFM. And I'm at Joe Ressington. We'll be back in two weeks with more exciting discoveries. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon. Bye.